Let's pray together. Father in heaven, we come to you this morning with heavy hearts, fully aware of our need for you. We've tried and tried, but just doesn't just doesn't cut it, God, when we don't have you. Life is too hard and, and even when life's all good, we have a guilty conscience knowing that it's not about us. So we're here this morning, God, knowing deep down in, in, into our bones, into our soul that that you are worthy, deserving of all that we are and. And we want, God, we long, we, we, we wish, we have this gumption about us, God, that says we want you to be the one recognized and praised and glorified through us. So, Father, we ask that through the Spirit today, Christ would be lifted high. That we would believe in Him. That the, the Scriptures today would magnify our great God and Savior. And that our hearts would say, yes, that's true. That is so true about our Lord Jesus. So, Father, we ask that today You would work in us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you would, please turn your Bibles to Exodus chapter 31. Exodus chapter 31, that's where we were last week, and we're going to be back there again. We're going to do a little bit different. not going to cover the narrative, the story as much today, is just look at one idea. <clears throat> today is going to be all about the Word of God, the inspiration, the revelation uh, that God has revealed Himself to us. Exodus chapter 31, today we're going to be looking at verse 18. When somebody matters to you, when somebody is dear to you, when, when when your relationship with somebody is one that has real meaning, then anything then that points you to them, connects you with them or reminds you of them uh, will, will bless you. Right. Uh, Val has saved on her phone some voice messages that I left her years ago of me singing to her. We would never let y'all hear those. But I, every once in a while, I will call and she doesn't answer. And so I'll say, I'll sing a song to her, whatever comes to mind. Maybe something like Brown Eyed Girl or maybe something like I Just Called to Say I Love You. And she has those saved on her phone. And, and the reason why she would save those is because a message, my voice, something like that, Connects her to her husband. That's pretty cool. I've got saved on my phone right now two voice messages from my dad. And they're back from like 2013. I like those messages. They remind me of my dad. So I like those. Oftentimes, it's a, a picture or, or something that somebody left behind that reminds you of them. This past week, we went to the Kentucky State Fair, which, you know, whatever, a week ago. And when Jeremiah lived with us years ago, he, he worked at Kentucky Kingdom as a 16-year-old. So every day we would have to take him to Kentucky Kingdom and drop him off. And many of you all remember that, too. And we would have to go and pick him up. And when we were there, we got near that gate. And Val and I said to ourselves, you know, this is where we dropped off Jeremiah all of those times. And so I sent Jeremiah a message that says, hey, man, we're over here at Kentucky Kingdom and I was just reminded of all of those late nights that you'd be getting off work at Kentucky Kingdom. We'd come pick you up. That, 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 rem, that memory sparks something in you that says, this, 
this is something, somebody that, that really matters to me. And today, it's, it's kind of neat. We have some college students this year that have gone off to college. And we have John Robert Masterson and Chelsea Pomeroy who are both gone to college now, far away. They're not in Louisville, but they, they're back this weekend and they surprised us. I had no idea that either J-Rob or Chelsea were going to be here today and they just showed up, right? And so for many of us, that hug and that looking them in the face and, and, and shaking their hand and saying, hey, what are you doing here? You know, we, we missed you. So good to see you. How are you doing? It's so awesome and meaningful, right? Because it's, it's somebody that we know, it's somebody that we love, and yet they're kind of right now out of sight. We haven't seen them. Well, we can call and text and, and things like that. But, but, but showing up here today and seeing them sparks in us like, man, they, that, they matter to us. I love them. The same sort of thing is happening when you and I know God. We do. Through faith in Christ, the Bible says we come to know God. The Bible says that when Jesus died, he died to bring us to God. It's an awesome language in that we're not with God. We're far from God. The Bible says that we're enemies of God until we get saved. But when we get saved and put our faith in Christ, the Bible says that he he brings us to God. He removes the enmity between us and God. We we are now at peace with God, the Bible says. And so we know God and we love God and we are loved by God. and We are his children adopted into his family. But what is it, though? That causes that rekindling, that, 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 that warming our hearts to, to know Him, be close to Him, be, be, be joyed by Him. God has spoken to us. And the Bible teaches us that God is a God that communicates. In Exodus chapter 31, where we are today, we have this really becoming clear. We're still at the beginning of the Bible in many ways. It's Exodus. They're not even to the promised land yet. Okay, we're still we're still very early in the big picture of all that God is doing. We're a long way in the biblical storyline from Jesus dying on the cross. We're a long way in the history of the world from uh, people preaching Christ as as risen from the grave. Yet. We have God explaining to us here, showing more to us here. Of Him being a God who is speaking to us. And for you and I, for those who know God, this means everything to us. God communicates with us. God has not left us to be in doubt, has not left us to be confused. He has not left us to be wondering. He's got a word for us. Look with me, if you will, in Exodus 31, verse 18. If you're using a pew Bible, you didn't bring a Bible today. Those black pew Bibles in front of you are there. It's page 78. Page 78 in the pew Bible, Exodus 31, verse 18. Just one verse today. And he, that's God, gave to Moses when he had finished speaking with him on Mount Sinai. The two tablets of the testimony, tablets of stone, written with the finger of God. Awesome verse. Folks, God is not as far off as many would like you to think He is. He's real. He knows us. We can know Him. 
He's a person. He's personable. He's a father. He's fatherly. He cares for us. He knows us really well. One of the neat things about the relationships that we experience in life, you'll often hear this uh, maybe at a wedding or at a wedding rehearsal when, uh, when some uh, bridesmaids or some groomsmen get to talking They'll say, in one way, trying to qualify how strong their relationship is, they will say, she knows me more better than anybody else knows me. He just understands me. You know, you hear people talk like that. The Bible tells us that God knows us down to our very fiber, our very being, through and through. The Bible says that God has our days numbered. God knows right now when you will die. How you will die. God knows how many hairs are on your head. He knows that to the very single one. God knows how many freckles you have. God knows what word is on your lips that you will say next. God knows what words are in your heart, whether they come out of your mouth or not. He knows us so well. He does. In our passage here today, we see him with Moses. We see Moses with him and we see them talking or God talking to Moses and then God giving something to Moses. And then in our passage, we have it being told to us that that's what happened so that you and I would understand God a little bit better. I want to give you two very simple points today. The first is that God is a talker. God is a talker. The second is that the talker God has given us his message. Very simple. Number one, God is a talker. You know what we mean? We say that somebody's a talker. I know you've got some people in your lives that are talkers, right? And you get on the phone with them and it's going to be a while before you get off. Right? You get in the conversation with them and it's, it's not going to stop. We all have people like that, right? We all have people in our lives who you never doubt what their opinion is because they're always telling it to you, right? We know people that are that way. I don't mean that when I say God's a talker. What I mean to point out is that just because just in the same way that we know people like that, we also know those people who are kind of the opposite. They don't really say a lot. You're often wondering, I wonder what she's thinking. You ever found yourself saying, "I, I, I don't even know if he or she likes me because they never say anything. You don't know what they're thinking, right? There's people that are that way. There's a lot of people that have their opinion. They got their their own point of view, but they don't really say it much. And so you're wondering what's going on. You ever had somebody around you like, do you ever speak up? This person is doing so much talking that I don't get to hear this person talk. So there's some people that aren't really talkers. Or if you're married, you know, at least the women know, men aren't good at talking. And we often hear it's the stereotype that men don't say much, right? Men don't say much. How many times have you heard somebody say, never tells me anything. I don't know what's going on. There's some people that talk and they're known as talkers, some people that don't. And if we're not going to talk and we're not going to communicate, then there's nothing to be known. But I'm here today telling you that from the Bible and our understanding of God is that God, God is a talker. 
Now, he's not known as one that talks too much. He's not known as one that talks too little. But I will have you to know that he is somebody that talks. He knows what needs to be said and he's able to communicate. Right. He has already called Moses up there. Do you remember he, he the people were there at the bottom of the mountain and God spoke to them? You remember this just a few chapters back. And when he spoke to them, it was big and it was loud and there was some thunder and there was some lightning and the people got afraid. Right. And their answer was, God, do not. Talk to us anymore. See, he was a talker. He was a talker to people. But their answer was, don't do that anymore. Remember, they said, we want to hear from you, God. Just don't tell it to us. God, you tell it to Moses and let Moses come tell us what you said. Because they said, if you keep talking to us, God, we're going to die. Because when God speaks, it comes with power. It's always nothing but truth. It's not up for debate. It's questionable. God Almighty, creator, sustainer, when he speaks, it only is 100 percent good, right, holy, pure, true. But he talks. And so then Moses comes up and now it's just just God and Moses and and God is talking to him. And really what he's doing is he's he's breaking down so much of what the law is. And we've talked through that. We've we've talked through that some and and, and the, the, the recommitting themselves to the covenant um, and then last week we looked at where the Sabbath is. I talked about rest last week. If you look right here in chapter 31, you have uh, the Sabbath and God explaining what the Sabbath is and talking to Moses. And that ends at verse 17. And then we have verse 18. It says that he gave to Moses when he had finished speaking with him on Mount Sinai. God had taken a man and brought him up there and was talking to him. I want you to know that, that God speaks. There's so many people today who doubt if God's a talker. There are a lot of world religions today that say we, we can't hear from God. Those are questions that are left unanswered. We can't. If God doesn't talk to us in that way. We can't know him in that regard. I say that's false. God does speak. We, we have him here speaking. In the New Testament, do you remember when Jesus was baptized? The Bible says that God spoke. This is my beloved son. With him I am well pleased. God spoke there. God is able to talk when he, when he wants to. God is a talker. We cannot be those people that say that God doesn't speak. Let's think about this. God had created the people, created them for his glory, the Bible says. But early on, Adam and Eve went against what God had said and did not listen. Do you remember what Satan, listen, do you remember what Satan's very point of temptation and, and, and trying to uh, appeal to Adam and Eve? Do you remember what it was? You remember when Satan said, did God really say that? Satan's tactic was, do you know what God really said? God had said, there's one tree in the garden, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and you shall not eat from that one. One rule, and the day you eat of it, you will surely die. And Satan comes and said, did he really, did he really say that? And Eve starts going, well, well, you know, what What did God say? I mean, is God a talker? Did he say that? Did he not say that? And next thing you know, they're wondering, what did God say? 
But you and I know for certain that God said something. God is a talker. We have God speaking in the Bible. God is a talker. But with their listening to Satan more and their falling into sin and disobeying what God had said, they ate from the tree. And as surely as Adam and Eve ate from the tree, they died spiritually. And the Bible in Romans 5 says, just as uh, one man ate from the tree and died, so all men die. Meaning that you and I are born into sin. The wages of sin is death. And for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And so, we are unable, as ourselves, to glorify God. How can we get back right? How can we know Him? How can we figure out what is the right way to go? How can we live a life that has any depth to it? That has any meaning to it? That has any serious fulfillment to it? I would say... We can't unless we hear from God. Life is open-ended. Life is meaningless apart from God. So we need God to talk. And so God talks. God comes to His people. He leads them with a pillar of cloud, a pillar of fire. That's how He's leading them by His Spirit. But he wants to speak even more. And so he calls Moses up. And he starts to tell Moses what he's like. What he desires. What holiness looks like. And what sin looks like. And what it means to disobey God. And what the consequences are for disobeying God. And what it means to deal with our, our sins and our consequences. And what hope that there is. And he tells them over and over again that he loves them. And that he will lead them. But we see God to be a talker. God has to be a talker because of we need Him. I want you to think about, this is something that happens a lot around here. I want you to think about somebody you know who, who's down and out. Somebody who is desperate. Somebody whose life is falling apart. Somebody who is miserable. And I want you to think about what, what might be the answer for them. I'm sure you've sat in situations before where there's there's nothing you can say and you're thinking there's nothing I can say here. And I want to encourage you that you often don't need to say anything. Just being with someone and being a listening ear and being somebody that cares is a start. But thinking about long term and thinking about being uh, somebody who is able to help them, what are you going to say? And do you actually think that your words, apart from any influence from the truth of God, are going to do anything? No. We have to be a people who know an answer, who have hope. The world, you and I, are in a position of we need answers and we need hope. And is there any? And if anybody out there anywhere is able to answer yes at all, that there is an answer, that there is hope, that there is love or forgiveness or, or an afterlife or heaven, if there's anything, the only bit of substance that there would be, was be would be that God has spoken. And I want you to take heart here today that He has. God is a talker. We are not left knowing that there's a God, but disconnected from Him. Indeed, God is a talker. But secondly, God has given us His message. 
What I mean by this is that now God has spoken through His Word. I'm going to tell you here today that God's not speaking to you in ways other than His Word. Maybe leading you, maybe near. He may have used a dream or a song or a friend, but only to the extent that it lines up with what He has already said. God doesn't need to come to you with a new word apart from His Word. God has taken what His Word is, He has spoken it to His people, and He has related it to us now in this form. This is what we see beginning here at Exodus chapter 31, verse 18. He gave to Moses when he had finished speaking with him on Mount Sinai. Look at here. He gave to Moses something. So he had finished speaking with him. And then he gives him something. Well, what's he giving him? Good question. Two tablets of the testimony, two tablets of the covenant. So picture this. Tablets of stone. How big they are, I don't know. But tablets of stone that Moses has just been on the mountain with veiled face, talking with God or hearing from God. And he's coming down the mountain carrying two tablets of stone. What in the world is that? Well, he didn't have a, a, a notebook and he didn't have an iPad to put his stuff on. So he's coming now with the message of God. This is what it's meant in verse 18 when it says written with the finger of God. God wrote down in a legible form on stone a message. And Moses comes with that. I don't want to jump ahead too far, but if you look at chapter 32, verse 15, what we're going to talk about next week is the people during this time that Moses on the mountain, the people already turned their backs on God and Aaron makes them a golden calf to worship. And what is one of the most puzzling passages in the Old Testament? How in the world the people of God who have been set free and redeemed by God, these people turn their back and start worshiping a golden metal image, which is exactly what the second commandment says not to do. They go ahead and do. So look at verse 15. Then Moses, of chapter 32, turned and went down from the mountain. So he's coming down the mountain with the two tablets of the testimony in his hand. Tablets that were written on both sides. On the front and on the back, they were written. Verse 16, the tablets were the work of God. And the writing was the writing of God engraved on the tablets. Folks, God, not only is he a talker, But he has made it possible where the people who have heard him talking do not have to be in question now exactly what Satan brought up. Did God really say that? Because God has put it down for his people to have. This was not Moses coming down the mountain going, listen, guys, here's what he said. And they say, well, how do we know he said that? And they say, well, well, I was the only one up there. That doesn't have to happen. God has brought his message to us. Moses walks down the mountain with the tablets in his hand written with the finger of God. Here's what it says. God has taken the stuff he talks about and delivered it to us now in a message. If you are somebody who knows God, just as I opened up with today, the message of God is something that we are to value, something that we are to treasure, something that we are to appreciate, something that we are to uh, devote our lives to and saying, this is it. 
Just a few weeks ago, Darlene Longacre, Darlene Reisanger, uh, passed away. And so I was around that Longacre family a lot, both uh, her sons, Greg and Marlon Longacre. And one of the things that I found out is that the, the Fairdale Fire Department, somebody had uncovered some some of the uh, I don't know what you call it, but the recordings of the fire calls back from the 70s or something like that. And so posted on Facebook now on some website was an hour long recording or an hour long recording of several recordings of when fire calls went out during the 70s. And I had two different families come to me and say, man, Josh, you've got to listen to these. And Jim May, who was a deacon in our church, was Phyllis Dobson's uh, father and Ashley Dobson's dad and our grandfather. Uh, he was on there. And you listen to those messages, you hear Jim May. And, and as I've run into their family, they have brought those up. And, and they would get teary-eyed listening or telling me about it, saying, we, we heard his voice again. It was, it was awesome listening to his voice. And then Marlon was telling me over and over again about his dad working there at the fire department, making calls and, and working in the, in the heat of the battle, dealing with the fire. That, that, that message that we have there that reminds us that it's become so special to us. As people of God who love God and know God to be our father and know God to be the one who forgives us of our sins and loves us. We are so committed to wanting to hear from him. We're encouraged that he has given us his message. The Bible is the word of God. And when the word of God becomes power to us, when the word of God becomes revelation to us of God revealing himself, then all of a sudden we are becoming a people now who are, I want to hear that. I want to listen to that. I want to know that. I want to know what he's saying. One commentator speaking on on this idea, uh, referring to Jesus, says it like this. Says. Decisive assurance. This scripture is from God and consists entirely of his wisdom and truth comes from Jesus Christ and his apostles who taught in his name. Jesus, God incarnate, viewed his Bible. Listen, Jesus in the New Testament, God incarnate, God in the flesh, viewed his Bible, which Jesus Bible would have been just the Old Testament. What we're reading now as his heavenly father's written instruction. You read the New Testament, you read about Jesus. Jesus is clearly operating like the things that God says here is the is the hinge for him on how he knows God. Everything that he is to live and obey and do is coming from what God has spoken here. Everywhere. When Jesus is tempted in the garden because he's hungry, he quotes from Deuteronomy. When Jesus is tempted in the garden because Satan is saying, bow down and worship me and I'll give you everything. Jesus quotes from the law of the Old Testament. Jesus's mind operates like, no, I have a duty to my father. Well, where does the understanding or the knowledge or the information or, or the awareness come from that duty to your father? He says, God has spoken and he continually, continually, continually quotes from the Bible. This commentator says he viewed his Bible, our Old Testament, as his heavenly father's written instruction, which he no less, no less than others must obey in which he also came to fulfill. Jesus operated like the Old Testament was the message from God. He goes on to say what Scripture says 
God says. If you've never heard that before, remember that. What Scripture says, God says. For in a manner comparable only to the deeper mystery of the incarnation, that's Jesus becoming a man, the Bible is both fully human and fully divine. So all its manifold concepts or contents, listen, histories, prophecies, poems, songs, wisdoms, writings, sermons, statistics, letters, and whatever else you find in the Bible should be received as from God. And all that biblical writers teach should be revered as God's authoritative instruction. This is what we learn from reading the New Testament about the Old Testament. Now, I want to point you to a few places. You don't have to turn there. You can just listen, but you can write them down so that you can look them up later. I'm going to read to you from 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 21. For no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man. But men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. Men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. This is teaching us that what we have is called the scriptures certainly came from a man, but that man got it inspired from God. There is a difference there. If you look back to where we are in Exodus and you turn forward just a little bit to Deuteronomy 5. Remember, I told you before that we have the Ten Commandments given in Exodus 20, but we have Moses telling us again, going over, reiterating the Ten Commandments in Deuteronomy 5. And in Deuteronomy 5, verse 22, he says this. These words the Lord spoke to all your assembly at the mountain out of the midst of the fire, the cloud and the thick darkness with a loud voice because he's a talker. So God spoke it with a loud voice. And he added no more. Moses is intentional in Deuteronomy 5 to say God spoke this to us. But when God was finished speaking to us, he didn't say anything else. No more. Then he goes on to say, and he wrote them on two tablets of stone and gave them to me. In other words, God is saying, or Moses is saying, God is a talker. God has spoken to us. And then he's given it to us so that we would not be confused about it. We're living in a day where the meaning of life is up in the air. What is right and wrong is, is up in the air. And people are, are searching because that's what it means to be made in the image of God. People are searching to know what is the meaning of life. Is purpose out there to be found? Can we make sense of it? Is life worth living? How can we know if this is right or how can we know if this is wrong? And I want to submit to you today that that is not something that we are confused about at all. That the God who made it all, who controls it all, who sustains it all, has not only spoken, but he's given it to us in a message form where we would not be doubtful. Or we would not be hesitant. God has spoken. So in Proverbs 31, sorry, in, in Exodus 31, verse 18, Moses comes down the mountain Carrying two tablets written with the finger of God that are carrying the message of God. And if we're going to be a people who know God, then the message of God would be important to us. I was encouraged this week when I had a young person tell me that while they're working at their job, they're able to wear headphones. It's one of those jobs they don't have to talk to people. And so they're able to wear headphones. He worked an eight-hour day. He was listening to the, the Bible being read. He said he almost covered the entire New Testament. 
listened to the entire New Testament during his eight-hour shift because he had his headphones in just listening to it. Folks, this is the attitude of a person who says, I know God, and if God has spoken, I want to know what He says. How many times have you seen somebody who often refers back to what mom and dad taught them? As a parent now with four little kids, I love the idea of trying to find a way to be a good parent. I love looking at parents that have done a good job. And I love hearing people say, like mom always said, you know, my dad used to always tell me, this is what dad says, this is how dad lived, this is what mom always said, this is the way mom always did it. And you hear people say that a lot, right? What it is, it's a person I know, it's a person that's dear to me, it's a person who took care of me, loved me, raised me, a person who gave their whole life for me. And if they said something, buddy, I'm hanging on that. And if God is our maker, really, and if God is the one who right now has the ability to control your heartbeat, if God could cause your heart to stop right now, but instead He's keeping it going right now, if God really is the one who sent His Son Jesus down the cross for your sins, if God really is the one that loves you in such a way that He would kill His Son so that He would not have to kill you, if God really is the one that loves you in such a way that He lets His mercy flow to you so that you can know Him and be satisfied and have joy and peace and understanding in life, then, oh, I want to know that God. And if he's speaking, I'm listening. And if he has a message, I want to hear it. That's what we see. So what we see coming out in the Scriptures. One of the things that we find so remarkable about Jesus is that he almost always answers people with Scripture. Even when we don't know he's quoting Scripture, he's referring to things that are in Scripture. And the more and more you study Jesus in the New Testament, it's just Old Testament coming out of him, coming out of him, coming out of him all the time. This is kind of what we see when we read the Proverbs. You don't have to turn there, but I want to let you hear a little bit of Proverbs. This is Proverbs chapter 2. Listen to it. My son, if you receive my words and treasure up my commandments with you, making your ear attentive to wisdom and inclining your heart to understanding. Yes, if you call out for insight and raise your voice for understanding, if you seek it like silver and search for it as for hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. The Proverbs, which are teaching us wisdom, are telling us that, that to desire the truth and the message of God and the word of God and the wisdom of God is the key to life. Proverbs 3 says it like this. My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. For length of days and years of life and peace, they will add to you. Let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. Listen to this. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. The Bible is telling us, urging us, and pushing us to be a people who say, My God has spoken and I want to orient my life all around it. What's it about? That's why I love it when I see somebody who has a, a, a Bible verse taped on their mirror so that while they're brushing their teeth, they can try to remember it. Or, or I love it when I see somebody that's got a Bible verse on a note card set on the dash of their car so that while they're driving, they're thinking about the Word of God. Or you find somebody who's got a Bible verse tattooed on their arm because they're wanting to, to know the Word of God on a regular basis now. Who knows their motive behind a tattoo? But you see what I'm getting at. The, the idea of putting the Scriptures before us continually thinking, God speaks and I want to know what my God says. Moses has zero, zero doubt that God is a talker. 
You think anybody doubts Moses? Or you think Moses has some doubt? Moses is on the mountain. His people are scared to death because the voice of God comes with power. Moses is there knowing God. Notice, Moses has already met God the first time at a burning bush. Remember that? The bush was on fire, but it wasn't consumed. God is speaking to Moses in chapter 2 and 3 of Exodus through a bush. He knows God. Then he's following God. He didn't want to be the one that would lead the people, but God convinced him to. He leads them out. He sees the ten plagues with Pharaoh. Those are amazing. They get trapped there at the Red Sea. And God splits the sea and takes them through that. Right? Moses knows God. And now Moses is up on the mountain. And God has talked to him a little bit more. And then he sends him down. He's got these two tablets with him. You think Moses doubted that God's real and that God speaks? Not at all. And yet God still gave him. His message in written form. Because if we're going to be a people of God, we are a people who are continually looking to what God has said. Had a conversation recently with one of our youth who in many ways is doing well and walking with the Lord, high schooler. But they said to me, Josh, I'm just coming to realize I need to be more about the Bible. I do love God, but I just don't read the Bible much. I said, yeah, the next step. The next step for you, no doubt, is you become a Bible person. Here's what we know. You can never be a man of God or a woman of God if your heart doesn't desire to know what God is saying. You can't. My favorite author and preacher and one I like to read the most is John Bunyan, a Puritan from the 1600s. Charles Spurgeon said of him that if you were to cut him open, he would bleed the Bible. Nobody ever talked to John Bunyan without hearing the Bible. He knew it. God has given us his message. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 15 and 16. Again, you don't have to turn there. You can just listen to me. It says, But as for you, Timothy... Continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed. He's talking about what he's been taught. Talking about the word of God. Listen. Knowing from whom you have learned it and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings. He's talking about the scripture, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. Now, listen to what he says in verse 16. All scripture is breathed out by God. It's inspired by God. Literally. Coming out of his mouth. That's what the Bible is teaching us right here. Breathed out by God. And that scripture from God is profitable, which means it's good for us. For teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. Why? Verse 17, that the man of God or or woman of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. What's a complete man? What's a complete woman? The one who sees the scriptures as profitable. The one who commits themselves to not only reading it on a regular basis, but hearing their pastor preach it to them. One of the great things about about our church is that we don't try to come up with sermons that y'all are going to like. We try to just preach sermons that the Bible tells us. We just go through Exodus. We just go through books. Me and Josh Womble kind of had a 
Not really a laugh, but a, did y'all hear what Joshua Wattenmore read this morning? Not necessarily the nicest passage to read in the New Testament scripture reading. Teaching about divorce. It's hard to read. Many of us, indeed all of us, are impacted and hurt by divorce in our lives. It's, it's a difficult subject. But if God speaks, we as Christian people are those who we want to hear it. We want to hear what our God is saying to us. He communicates. If you want to be a man of God or a woman of God who is complete, then we go to the scriptures that are coming out from the mouth of God and we see them as profitable for us. They will reprove us. They will correct us. They will teach us and they will train us in righteousness. I dare to say that if you want to be the best man you can be, if you want to be the best woman that you can be, then you make a couple changes in your life and find a place to have some devotion to this and watch God go to work. Hebrews chapter 4 says that the Word of God is powerful and living and it is sharper than any two-edged sword. And if you get this Bible in your life, it says that it will get up in you and it will cut you up and will pierce you down to joint and marrow and will change your life. If you're scared or you're nervous and you don't want to have a life with God, then I dare you to stay away from Him. But if God has brought you to the place where you're saying, I want it, my, my, my marriage needs it, my children need it, I need it, my soul's crying out for it, I need God. I'm telling you right now, here's the message. We have a God who talks, and He's given it to us here, that we can know Him. That's what we see in Exodus 31. Moses coming down the mountain, two tablets in his hand, written by the finger of God. And for all of the people out there who are, who are confused and questioning and wondering and wishing and, and, and all of that, it's unnecessary. It's real. Being lost and hurt is real. It's unnecessary when there's a God that communicates. And may we be a people who say He does. And I know what He says. And I listened to it. When I was a kid growing up in Charlotte, North Carolina, my grandparents had season tickets to the Charlotte Hornets. That was awesome for me as a little kid. I used to go to those games and I'd beg my parents or grandparents to let us get there early to the Charlotte Coliseum so I could watch them warm up. And I just wanted to see everything they did. I wanted to see how they tied their shoes. I wanted to see how they drank their Gatorade. I wanted to see how they high-fived each other. I was just so consumed with these guys. And then afterward, I wanted to stay and try to get autographs. And I learned that if you walk outside the Coliseum, you just keep going all the way around. You can go around there to where the buses are. And it's a true story. You can go stand. They have a big fence up. But you can go stand right there where the buses are. And so I would go. And I've seen. I, I, Michael Jordan wouldn't come over and sign autographs. But I was able to get a Michael Jordan autograph. And Scottie Pippen autograph. And lots of the old Hornets. Alonzo Mourning. Larry Johnson. Muggsy Bogues. I've got those guys autographed. So cool to me to have those autographs. I think about now, like... Why, why did I like those? They don't really mean much to me now. But at the time, it was a, it was a way of saying, you know, I, I saw them. I, I like held a pad right here and they stood right there and held the pad and they, they grabbed my pen and they wrote their name. And I, I was close to them. And then there was one game with the Utah Jazz and they had John Stockton and Carl Malone. And they had a wing that played for them named Jeff Malone. One time he was walking off the court. True story. He was walking off the court and he... He took his wristbands off and he just threw them up to me in the crowd. I caught those wristbands. I thought that was the coolest thing ever as a little 10-year-old boy. I had his nasty, sweaty, dirty wristband. I took it home, put it in my bedroom. I left it there on the dresser and it was kind of brown looking. And My mom would 
try to wash it. I, no, don't wash it, Mom. Don't wash it. I like the way it stinks. I like it reminds me. It reminds me, Mom, that I went to the Charlotte Hornets game and Jeff Malone gave me that. Mom, he's an awesome basketball player. He's a pro basketball player. He gave me that. It's a way for me to be able to say, I was there. I saw that guy. He, he gave me this. Folks, now I'm not, not as into basketball and pro players as much. But I am into God. And this right here is the way I say, I know Him. He talks to us. He's got a word for us. He wants me to be a dad that loves his kids. He wants me to be a husband that prioritizes his wife. He wants me to be a pastor that y'all can trust in and depend on and listen to. He wants me to be a man that can contribute to the world. He wants every single one of us to be people that work in the world for the good of the world and for the glory of God. And that only happens when you turn from your sin in yourself and you turn from thinking that you've got all the answers in your head and you turn to God and say, God, what do you say? It comes right here. These days. As Christians, we are those who say, I'm going to listen to God. And I challenge you, no matter where you're at, to recommit yourself today to being a person of the book. Do you know God? Let's be committed to his word. Let's pray together. Father, thank you that we have one verse in Exodus where you have come and given to Moses your word in written form tablets written with the finger of God. God, we confess that we have neglected our Bibles. Many of our Bibles haven't been opened. Many of us today didn't even think to bring it with us. Many of us this past week didn't think to open it. God, that can only mean that that hearing from you, God, is not that big of a deal. And if hearing from you is not that big of a deal, God, then we confess with such brokenness. That means that you have not been that big of a deal. Father, we ask that you would have mercy upon us for that attitude. We ask, God, that you would help us to see Christ afresh. To see our lives as as beautiful in the sense that they're redeemed with Christ and he gave up his life and died for our sins. And that we, Father, would be those. We, Father, would be those people who say, God loves me. He's forgiven me of my sins. I am his. And so we come to you saying, Father, I want to hear more. I want to hear more. Talk to me, God. Give me a word. Teach me. Grow me. Make me into what you want me to be. Make me into that woman who is complete, that man who is complete because of your word. We ask for that, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.